Bible is missing salt. It's right here. Well, if you will please uh, turn in a copy of God's Word to Joshua, uh, Joshua chapter 8. You'll find that on page 341 in your pew Bible. I would ask that everyone have a copy of God's Word open. If you don't have a, a Bible of your own, I would count it a great privilege to provide you one. Feel free to um, find me after the service and I will send you home with a copy of your very own. Joshua chapter 8. Let me, let me pray and ask that the Lord might bless the reading of his word. Lord, as we come to your word, we know that uh, the Spirit goes along with the word, that the Spirit uses the word uh, to change us, to make us more like you, to convict us of sin, and to grow us in your grace. We pray, Lord, that he would move in our midst this morning, give us eyes to see and ears to hear and feet to, feet to walk and do. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Joshua 8, verses 1 through 29. Hear now the word of the Lord. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear and do not be dismayed. Take all the fighting men with you and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai and his people, his city and his land. And you shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoil and its livestock you shall take as plunder for yourselves, lay an ambush against the city behind it. So Joshua and all the fighting men arose to go up to Ai. And Joshua chose 30,000 men of valor and sent them out by night. And he commanded them, Behold, you shall lie in an ambush against the city behind it. Do not go very far from the city, but all of you remain ready. And I and all the people who are with me will approach the city. And when they come out against us, just as before, we shall flee before them. And they will come out after us until we have drawn them away from the city. For they will say, they are fleeing from us, just as before. So we will flee from them. Then you shall rise up from the ambush and seize the city. For the Lord your God will give it into your hand. And as soon as you have taken the city, you shall set the city on fire. And you shall do according, do according to the word of the Lord. See, I have commanded you. So Joshua sent them out, and they went to the place of ambush and lay between Bethel and Ai, to the west of Ai. But Joshua spent that night amongst the people. Joshua rose early in the morning and mustered the people and went up, he and the elders of Israel, before the people to Ai. And all the fighting men who were with him went up and drew near before the city and encamped on the north side of Ai with a ravine between them and Ai. He took about 5,000 men and set them in ambush between Bethel and Ai to the west of the city. So they stationed the forces, the main encampment that was north of the city, and its rear guard west of the city. But Joshua spent that night in the valley. And as soon as the king of Ai saw this, he and all his people, the men of the city, hurried and went out early to the appointed place toward the Arabah to meet Israel in battle. But he did not know that there was an ambush against him behind the city. And Joshua and all Israel pretended to be beaten before them and fled in the direction of the wilderness. So all the people who were in the city were called together to pursue them. And as they pursued Joshua, they were drawn away from the city. Not a man was left in Ai or Bethel who did not go out after Israel. They left the city open and pursued Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Stretch out the javelin that is in your hand toward Ai, for I will give it into your hand. And Joshua stretched out the javelin that was in his hand towards the city. And the men in the ambush rose quickly out of their place. And as soon as he had stretched out his hand, they ran and entered the city and captured it. And they hurried to set the city on fire. So when the men of Ai looked back, behold, the smoke of the city went up to the heavens. 
And they had no power to flee this way or that. For the people who fled to the wilderness turned back against the pursuers. And when Joshua and all Israel saw the ambush had captured the city and the smoke of the city went up, then they turned back and struck down the men of Ai. And the others came out from the city against them. So they were in the midst of Israel, some on this side and some on that side. And Israel struck them down until there was none left that survived or escaped. But the king of Ai they took alive and brought him near to Joshua. When Israel had finished killing all the inhabitants of Ai in the open wilderness when they, where they pursued them, and all of them to the very last had fallen by the edge of the sword, all Israel returned to Ai and struck it down with the edge of the sword. And all who fell that day, both men and women, were 12,000, all the people of Ai. But Joshua did not draw back his hand with which he stretched out the javelin until he devoted all the inhabitants of Ai to destruction. Only the livestock and the spoil of that city Israel took as their plunder according to the word of the Lord that he commanded Joshua. So Joshua burned Ai and made it forever a heap of ruins as it is to this day. And he hanged the king of Ai on a tree until evening. And at sunset Joshua commanded and they took his body down from the tree and threw it at the entrance of the gate to the city and raised over it a great heap of stones which stands there to this day. The grass withers but the flower and the flowers fade but the word of our God shall indeed stand forever. Well, there are great blessings in doing things God's way. There are great blessings in doing things God's way, even when we think we know better. This is all made evident in the planning, execution, and results in our daily lives. There are great blessings in doing things God's way, even when we think we know better. And this is made evident in the planning, execution, and results of daily life. I was um, prepared with a couple other illustrations, but I'm reading through the Bible um, four chapters at a time uh, through in a year. Uh, It's just been a great blessing to me. And it's fun to see how different themes pop up in all the separate chapters in a given day. Now, it's not arranged that way. But it's fun to see how the Lord uses the same theme throughout all of Scripture, written at very different times and places during God's people's lives. Genesis 39 this morning, I saw how God's plans are not always the way that we plan them. And there are indeed blessings in doing things God's way, even when we think we know better. Genesis 39 is the story of Joseph and Potiphar and Potiphar's wife. Remember, Joseph had been sold into slavery by his brothers. What great brothers they were. And he had been sold into Potiphar's home. And he was blessed greatly. Indeed, all of Potiphar's house was was blessed. All of Potiphar's house was greatly blessed. And then Potiphar's wife kept trying to seduce him over and over and over again. But he stuck to God's way of doing things. And though in the meantime, it seemed like the result was disastrous because he ended up in prison. We all know the end of that story. That in doing things God's way, they were great blessings because then he was put over all of Pharaoh's household and was second only in the kingdom, second only in the kingdom to Pharaoh. And, and in the end, he would save his people. All of Israel would be saved as they were fed during time of famine. What his brothers had intended for evil, what Potiphar's wife had intended for evil, God had intended for good. There are blessings in doing things God's way even when we think we know better. And Job, what a story of Job. I read Job 5 this morning as his quote-unquote friends are giving him terrible advice 
And all that Job went through, what great blessings for us that he did, because how many of us have been comforted by those words in 1925? For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. The clearest, the clearest indication of the resurrection in the Old Testament from the oldest book in the Bible. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Or in Mark chapter 8 this morning, I, I saw how God's ways are always different than ours. And even though we think we might know better, there are great blessings in doing things God's way. Mark 8, we find that, that God, Jesus has called to himself disciples, such men that we would never choose as followers and future leaders if we were to start a movement, would we? Men who had just seen 5,000 men and their families fed and 12 baskets of food left over and 4,000 people fed and seven baskets left over and yet they fret because they don't have enough food. When we do things God's way, there are great blessings even when we think we know better. And certainly we would think Jesus would have known better to choose such men. But do you know that using such men, when the Holy Spirit came in power within 300 years, uh, an empire that was persecuting uh, Christians for the way was now to be called a Christian empire. Romans 7 tells us, which I read this morning as well, that the law... The law was given that it might increase sin. That we might see our sin all the more. It might make our sin even worse. Why? So that he might prepare us for Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There are great blessings in doing things God's way. Even when we think we know better. And the fact is that we often feel like we know better all the time, don't we? So we think about the planning and the execution, the results, when we do things according to God's word and, and how he has chosen us to live our lives, there are great blessings. They may not always be apparent at the beginning, but there are always blessings. We see that in our text this morning. So we compare it with that from two weeks ago, that especially as we look at the planning, the execution, the results of these two battles of Ai, Perhaps you hadn't heard of the first and second battle of Ai. We looked at the first one uh, a couple weeks ago as God's people went up against this city, this much smaller city than Jericho. Jericho they had defeated soundly. Not a single man was lost. They said, okay, we got this thing. Let's go take these folks. But the end result was that 36 men died and all Israel fled before Ai, the first battle of Ai. But the second battle of Ai, with which you just read, things are different. And they know success, and apparently no one dies there as well. So apparently there are great blessings in doing things God's way, even when we think we know better. This is made evident in the planning, execution, and results in everyday life. See, before when they had planned to go up and to take the the city of Ai, they made two very terrible mistakes. And the first is they were hindered by sin. Now, what I don't mean by that is that they were struggling with sin, seeking to put it away and and, and seeking to live a holy life. We, We all struggle with that daily. No, there was unrepentant sin in their camp. You remember last week we looked at uh, Achan who had stolen these things devoted to destruction or that belonged to God. And as a result, all of the camp of Israel was slated for destruction. It was only because they dealt with the sin in a radical way that God turned away his wrath. But they were dealing with hindering sin. You know, the thing is, as we make plans for life, 
as we think about what God is calling us to, if there's unrepentant sin in our lives, God often removes the blessings from us that he might discipline us. Not always. But God is our father. He is our adopted father. We've been made part of his family. And just as we would discipline our children, so the father disciplines us. And so when we have unrepentant sin in our lives, God often removes the blessings from us. He doesn't remove salvation, but he often removes our blessings. This is what had happened for sure with the first battle of Ai. But the second thing they'd done wrong is that they had not consulted the Lord. How in the world will we do things according to God's way if we do not consult the Lord? As I look back in my own life and I see tragic mistakes that I've made, I can with certainty tell you that I never sought the Lord in those things. Or I did and then I went directly against what I knew to be his way. But how could we ever make plans? How could we ever decide to do something? How could we ever seek to do things in the way that God prescribes by his words if we don't first seek him? But the reality is, this is what we do all the time, isn't it? Proverbs 16.3, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Later in that same chapter, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. For those who need wisdom, for we all need wisdom, for every decision we ever make, God tells us that if any of us lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So that, that's, those are some things they, they made mistakes the first time, but this time, they've done correctly. They've sought to do the things, they've sought to do things the way that God would have them to do. And the first thing we see is that sin has been taken care of. They have a clean and clear conscience. What a delight a clear conscience is, isn't it? What a clear and clean conscience. What a blessing that is. See, we see in verse one here that God says, do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Now, if, if this was us, if we were God, that praise the Lord, we're not. And he's just turned, and we've just turned our wrath away from our people. We would say, yeah, you're forgiven, but you're still on the naughty list. I'm still going to hold it over your head. I might give you success. I've, I've kind of forgiven you, but I'm still kind of mad. They've just blown it. I mean, they've blown it big. And what does God say? He says, hey, don't fear. Don't be dismayed. What great, what, what great evidence, what great news that we serve a God that when we mess up big, for we always do, it's not a matter of if, but when. God says, hey, I forgive you. You're still my child. This is what happens here. Sin has been dealt with. Sin has been dealt with, and it's been dealt with in a way that wouldn't be our way of doing it as we think about ourselves. We think about God's great plan, and it involved sending his son, Jesus. It involved sending his son, Jesus, that he might be dealt the great blow of God's wrath, that we might feel and experience his embrace. There are blessings in doing things the way that God desires even when we think we know better. God gives the directions this time as well. 
He gives great directions. Now, sometimes God leads with a floodlight. To to paraphrase a, a fellow minister of mine, sometimes God leads with a floodlight. Sometimes we know exactly what God wants us to do, don't we? And sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he leads with a pin light. We just barely know the next thing to do. And God's word doesn't tell us how we're to change our oil. He doesn't tell us what college to go to. But he does tell us in his word how we're to act towards the person who is changing our oil and how we're to act when we do get to college. And similarly, God gives clear instructions to his people here in verse 1b through 2. Take up all the fighting men with you and rise, go to Ai. See, I've given into your hand, past tense, you notice that? See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai and his people is sitting in his land. And you shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoil and its livestock you shall take as plunder for yourselves. Lay an ambush against the city behind it. There are great blessings in doing things and planning things in the way that God would have us. But you know, the rubber meets the road, doesn't it, when we seek to execute that plan. So often there's a disconnect in our lives between seeking to do God's way, seeking to do God's will, seeking to live in a way that is worthy of the calling to which he has called us, and then actually doing it. Before the first battle of Ai, they had hastily gone out without God. They had hastily gone out to do battle without the Lord, but now they seek to do things the way that God desires and they are completely obedient and dependent upon their God. There's a very clear tie between those two things, obedience and dependence. Verses three through 29, that that long passage we read this morning, uh, details what happens in this battle. Now, some of the details are kind of hard to make out. Um, but best we can tell from the chronology, what happens is that Joshua, at the command of the Lord, sends out a, a rear guard, an ambushing guard of, of 30,000 soldiers. Now, do you remember last time, in the first battle of Ai, they'd only sent about 3,000 people total. The ambushing force is 30,000 people, and they are to go on the west side of Ai, between Ai and Bethel, and to wait for Joshua's signal. And then he takes another set of forces, at least two forces here. Uh, he puts 5,000 as another rear guard, another ambushing force. And then apparently he has a smaller, uh, smaller force that will go and encamp right before, right in front of, on the north side of the city of Ai. And then it all goes to plan. Most plans don't survive first contact with the enemy, but this one did. And so the king of Ai looked out and he saw this smaller force out there and say, ha, ha, ha. We've done this before. We can do this again. And so he sends out uh, some of his force, not all of it. He sends out some of his force to deal with this small group of Israelite soldiers. And do you know what the Israelite soldiers do? They flee. They, they flee. They see him coming and they start running the other way. This was according to plan. And so the king back at the castle, he looks back and says, they are fleeing. And so he sends in his reserve. He says, we will finish this today. And so he sends in all of his forces, all the men of valor out into the field to pursue Israel. And once they're committed to the field, once they've, they've left the city, then the ambushing force of 30,000 in one force, 5,000 in another force, they come and they light the city on fire. They don't destroy it yet, but they, set, they start to set those flames. And can you imagine the feeling of those soldiers out in the field? 
to turn and see the smoke rising to the heavens. They say, oh man, we've been had. The text says they had no pla- there was no power in them to flee. The, the Hebrew actually says they had nothing in their hands, meaning their sword, which stands for power. They had no ability in them. Their hearts had melted and they had nowhere to go, this way or that. It was a perfect pincer movement and they were surrounded by the force coming out of the city that had just set it, to fi- set it aflame and they are destroyed on the field of battle. They are completely obedient to the Lord and it works out for complete success. Not a single person, according to the scriptures, was killed on the Israelite side in this battle. But here's the thing, and don't miss this. That yes, they were obedient, but who did the fighting? It was the Lord God who did the fighting. They were completely dependent on the Lord as we seek to do things God's way. We depend on him to fight our battles for us. Yes, as we seek to raise children, he uses us, but who's doing the blessing? It is God. As we go and do work, who's doing the working? Well, it's really God, isn't it? Because he has given us the abilities to do it. He blesses our abilities to work. As we deal with problems, it is the Lord, as we depend on him, that grants the solution. And here, too, is what happens. Yes, they're out in their fields with their sword and their javelins, but don't miss verse 18. Then the Lord said to Joshua, "Stretch, stretch out the javelin that is in your hand, Toward Ai, for I will give it into your hand. I will give it into your hand. Verse 26, but Joshua did not draw back his hand with which he stretched out the javelin until he had devoted all the inhabitants of Ai to destruction. Do you see what just happened? It's not the Israelites who are doing the winning, it is God. When you're on the field of battle, you don't stand like this for hours, do you? That seems rather silly. What a greater sign of dependence upon the Lord that the commander of God's army would stand like this for hours and hours on end. Exodus 17 tells us of a similar time when God fought for his people. Moses held up his staff as commanded by the Lord and it got so heavy that it started to fall and when it started to fall, Israel began to be defeated. So Aaron and Hur came up to the mountaintop and they had him sit down on a rock and then they held up, helped hold up the the staff so that God would fight for his people. So too, when we do things God's way, even when we think we know better, we are being dependent upon the Lord that he would give us the strength. He would do the fighting for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9-ish. This happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. As we seek to do things our way, we dial up a recipe for disaster. But as we seek to do things the Lord's way, we depend on Him. And there are great blessings for it. You know, most battle plans don't survive first contact with the enemy. This one did. But there's often a disconnect between the planning and execution in our lives. Certainly Peter had planned to stand by the Lord. He told the Lord this. He rebuked the Lord. He said, I will never leave you. And yet three times he denied the Lord. His plan went all awry. Psalm 127, 1, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it Labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Well, there are great results. So we, we've seen in the planning and execution, we also see in the results. You know, there's uh, Burger King. 
one of their past slogans really shows how much we like to do things our way. Do you remember their slogan, have it your way? Or Nike, just do it. Or Sprite, obey your thirst. These things which focus on us. But, but they had focused on themselves in, in, in Joshua chapter 7 and, and had sought to fight this fight on their own and yet there were disastrous effects. But when we depend on the Lord, there are great blessings when we seek to do things His way. Even when we think that we know better. Before, the first battle of Ai, it leads to the loss of the family of Achan the melting of their hearts and the defeat uh, and the death of 36 people at that battle. You know, when we do our own things our own way, when we push aside God's design for marriage and for life, for relationships, holiness, property, sexuality, and the like, disastrous things happen. We see it in families when discipline is laid to the side just because we're tired. That's hard, isn't it? We see in our own personal holiness when we say yes to a small thing that leads to great big things. In 1991, our church came out of a liberal denomination called the PCUSA and the steps towards liberalization had begun over 100 years before. It took that long to reach that threshold. Small things lead to big things when we do them our own way. But now God's people had experienced blessings and grace because they had done things the way the Lord had desired. We're not saved by our works. Let me, let me say it again. We're not saved by our works, period, full stop. We're not. If you're looking to your own works, your own goodness to save you, then uh, I, I encourage you to look to Jesus for salvation because you cannot save yourself. But once we're saved, we are called to live a life of holiness. Works flow out of faith. And when we follow our Lord and the way that he is designed according to his word and his law, there are great blessings. When we hide in our heart, we're like that, 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 that tree next to rivers, flowing water, constantly fed and constantly directed. And here, these people who had messed up so big were blessed so greatly. What great hope for us that when we mess up big, God doesn't say, I'm done with you. Because he said, I'm done with my son, on the cross. What if you have strayed from God's plan? What if you are far down another road, you have wandered and it's been a long time? There's nowhere you can go that Christ has not called you his. There's nowhere that you can go that you'll be lost. There's nowhere that you can go that you'll not be forsaken. For if you are his, you are his. There's grace. Because God's way is to take vile, wretched sinners like me and you and to make them his children. This is God's way. That he would make us his children. Well, this is all possible because there was a second Joshua. The first Joshua just points us to the second Joshua. For this was Jesus' Hebrew name, Yehoshua, Joshua. And this Joshua didn't hold up a javelin for our victory. He held up his hands so that the soldiers might nail him to the cross. And after the first Joshua killed the king of Ai, he hung him on a tree outside the city gates, a great sign of being under the curse of God. 
For the second Joshua, our Savior Jesus allowed himself to be hung on a tree outside another city, 17 miles away. And he personally allowed himself to come under the curse of God. And then like the king of Ai was put under stone, so too the second Joshua was sealed up in a tomb with a great stone. But unlike the king of Ai, our king did not stay under that heap of stones. He was raised on the third day that you and I, that we might receive God's blessings instead of his curse. Hallelujah, what a savior. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we thank you that you have saved people like us. For we have gone astray. All we like sheep have gone astray. Yet you, our Savior, the great shepherd, have come in pursuit of wandering souls like ours, that we might be returned to the fold, that we might receive salvation, and we might live with you forever. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Amen.